Welcome to the Herd Main Show. I'm your herd leader, John Wayne. And I'm your sweet little blanket, babe. And this is what it sounds like when I drink my coffee. That is what it sounds like when you drink your... Ew, ew, stop it. And welcome to the show. I am highly caffeinated. And covered um, in blankets. And co- Yes, it's a cozy, uh, comfy, caffeinated episode for us. Uh, not sure how you're enjoying this episode, but we're enjoying this episode quite comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's nice and cozy because it's a nice and near and dear topic for this one. Something we, uh, threw around a lot in terms of getting around to, and here we are, we are getting around to it. Apparently season six is the season for that, for the, everything we talked about doing forever and finally doing it, uh, yeah. season. And so, um, hopefully you're jiving with it. Uh, if not, uh, you can always let us know. Doesn't mean we'll change, but you know, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's why we have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook where you should be following us. Um, one day we're going to take over the internet completely, but for now you can find us on those markets. We're not the McElroy family. We can't <laughs> yeah. do that. Yet. We'll get there. We just have to kill them first. No. Uh, that's how you, that's how you gain power, right? Kill other people with power. Listen, man, thank Travis for Travis. I can't, I, I can't kill Travis. I'll kill him. No. And you can kill Justin because I can't kill Justin. Who, but who's going to kill Griffin? Himself, probably. <laughs> but not just like depressingly, but just like out of out of accident. <laughs> just show him a picture from the banana video. Right. Oh, gosh. Uh, if you're not following the McElroy brothers, you're, you're missing some joy in your life. You're missing um, out so much. So, but anyway, no, we are diving deep into some fet lore um it's kind of no mistake at this point it's to the point actually i get or we get messages uh when people see or spot boba fett things and just like you got this you Mm -hmm. want this you need this um and it makes my heart just go we like i just i love i i just like when people are thoughtful like that um and so apparently we talk about boba fett enough that people closely associated with us and that's wonderful and so we've long talked about that and and especially for me being my childhood favorite uh and still definitely one of the coolest characters of star wars in my uh perception my opinion not saying that's definitive mm-hmm. um you know it, it it was only a matter of time before it really got his own episode or they got their own episodes because i kind of felt like it was impossible to talk about one without the other yeah um just when we get into some of the backstory, you'll see kind of why that is. But also just because they're literally clones. Uh, or at least ah! Boba Fett is a clone of Sorry. Jango Fett. So. It was mid-sip. Yeah. I didn't get to react. Um, so, you know, they're so closely biologically linked, they might as well be linked in lore and discussion as well. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's going to be mostly focused on legends uh, for two reasons. Number one... This, as far as Boba Fett, is the reason I love Boba Fett, is some of these stories that we're going to talk about today. Um, And uh, as far as Jango Fett, it's because that's pretty much all the lore he has. In Mm -hmm. canon, both Fets kind of got a lot of their lives kind of chucked out. Um, Yeah, that... mm. (laughs) We've talked about it before, but, like, they have some of the most sad backstory. Yeah, like, they were very well bit because they were both uh, very well built uh, because they were both so interesting. And so many people um, were wanting to fill in the gaps and everything. And everybody wanted to put their take on it and make 
you know, like, I'm not saying that uh, particularly Boba Fett was the only Holy Grail character, but to add story to such a cool character was significant. You had people that wanted to do that specifically. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like there's a lot of stories out there, uh, more than most people realize, and definitely very different than probably people realize. Um, So, you know, whenever we've talked about like the whole Disney acquiring uh, Lucasfilm and also just not being big fans of much legends, we're not saying that uh, without having our own likes as well. There's things I like that are not canon. Mm -hmm. I still like them though. And that's why I say, you know, nicely and compassionately, it you can get over the legend stuff because I have like I can still read any one of these stories and I have reread a couple of them recently. Mm-hmm. Disney didn't take them away from me, so no, they you did know. not break into the house and steal your legends books. Right, and there's actually a good majority in my brain that still exists because it hasn't been completely unwritten yet. Um, of course, there is some that's Across. just straight out like gone Mm -hmm. but you know what i can enjoy both i can enjoy the universe where boba didn't get his tragic backstory and i can enjoy the one where he did although technically his dad died in all of them so it's always tragic but legends is definitely way more tragic if you can believe it so uh it's going to be a lot of journeying through their legends legends um and I, i guess the big intent of this is just having time to geek out and talk about cool stories and also just opening the veil to people that may only know Boba Fett as the cool guy with the jetpack. Yeah. Um, people that view these characters as ridiculously over liked for no reason. It, there are reasons. There are reasons you can like these characters. They just don't necessarily happen in the films. Yeah. I mean, most people think that my favorite character is IG-11. Right. It's not... <laughs> Although, since IG-88 is uncharacterized in canon, mostly, if you have to like a droid, right. uh, they're, they're, there's little things. And that they're, they're finally starting to get into, there's the Bounty Hunter comic series, which is canon and is currently running. I think it's on mm-hmm. like its third or fourth issue. I'm two issues in. It's one of those very complicated ones, so I'm having to wait for it to finish. Because waiting one to two months uh, because of the cycle being interrupted by COVID and everything it's really hard for me to retain what's happening in these comics. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very full, which is nice because it being a limited run, they're accomplishing a lot, but it also means I have to wait because mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't retain and I also can't just keep going back and starting over every time. A new, I, this isn't red versus blue. I'm not going to keep starting over for every season that comes out. Um, so they're, they're starting to pull back the curtain on some of these characters like Boba Fett and IG-11 or uh, IG-88, excuse me, and so forth. But still, when you compare it to what was in Legends, like it's footnotes compared to encyclopedias. Like it's insane how much uh, was built out for so many characters, but you also had so many years to do it. So yeah. And I did not skim the wiki for this one. So I'm going in blind. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's so um, just got some details from uh, Boba Fett's and Jango Fett's story. We'll run down that and have a good time. Yeah, wee! So we'll start off with Jango Fett because um, Jango Fett's got the least. Um, mm-hmm. Not real, not really entirely sure why. Um, I, I will say a bit of this is still deep in my mind and heart, regardless 
of what happens with canon mm-hmm. um, and probably forever will be because I don't really see them getting to Jango Fett's story anytime soon. Um, and I guess it's okay. If they were going to build any Fett, I'd rather them build Boba Fett anyway because um, he has way more in- interaction with the main story and characters mm-hmm. um, being entangled with like Solo and the Rebellion and everything versus Jango, who kind of stayed away from most of it um which is nice he was busy yeah like he's got one story and that basically is how he came to be the clone template and essentially that kind of happens over two significant stories um both of which highly recommend you checking out uh both very much worth it um one being uh the comic series uh Star Wars open seasons or just open seasons or Django open seasons. It depends on which release you read. But regardless, uh, open seasons, it's a limited run series that the whole goal was, hey, let's tell the tragic backstory of Django Fett. Mm -hmm. And this is where actually, because a lot of people throw out the thing of that one line, not everybody likes to use clone war stuff for ammunition but for some reason everybody saw that episode and remembers that one time that one guy said that Django's not a mandalorian good lord (laughs) i have to hear that one more time guess what folks he never was so it establishes that yes he was born in the system but that does not make one mandalorian mandalorians in lore were not just born on certain planets or anything man to be a mandalorian was to be in a certain culture like in yeah. you join up it's you a aren't creed just, it's not a yeah race yeah and so like the only people technically born into it are the child of two mandalorians but even then that kid could do something else yeah so he was born around the system and and eventually the war between death watch and the true mandalorians um ended up killing his family and orphaning him um, but he was just a kid who was taken in by a Mandalorian protector named Jaster Mareel. And so that whole line of him not being Mandalorian doesn't disestablish anything of his story yeah. because he was Mandalorian by choice and by adoption, really. Here's the thing. It's Death Watch thinks that everyone who isn't them isn't Mandalorian. Yeah, well, because... So Jaster led the true Mandalorians um, in basically like hey let's just be reputable let's be honorable like to be mandalorian was something of honor like more in the line of what we see in the mandalorian show Mm -hmm. um who by the way has the same exact background um so it's a lot of that of honor and tradition and obviously being revered and being dangerous but you're not going to kick a puppy like if anything you're going to kick the guy that kicks a puppy exactly but if you were paid to kick a puppy that had killed a kid, you're going to kick that puppy. If that makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't, like, but I see what you mean. You're going to do some, you. yeah, you, you're going to do some stuff that might be viewed as bailed, but you're going to do it honorably. So like, okay. you know, I'm not trying like Mandal, not all Mandalorians are good, good. Yes. But they're definitely better than Death Watch. Mandalorians are true neutral for all of our D&D friends out there. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. And in in the lore were tribes. And so that's where Death Watch came from. They were from Clan Vizsla, which they still are. Um, 
And basically it was this thing, but tribe to tribe, you might see different practices. And there was this big split in terms of, hey, let's be just reputable people versus, you know, we need to kill and conquer and get back to our roots. Very similar to what we see in the Clone Wars, but uh, less pacifist versus extremist. It's just straight, you know, it's basically choosing two different ways to act. Mm-hmm. Neither of them want to be pacifists, but one just doesn't want to kill and murder. One wants to, you know, keep a good name. Yeah. And so Jaster is sort of the um, face of this version of Mandalorians. In fact, the sort of uh, circle with the feather across it on Boba Fett's armor is the uh, family crest of uh, Muriel. So, um, and I'll get to that point later on, but... So Jaster uh, was significant in that he adopted Jango Fett, raised him, and obviously favored him over other people, uh, and was grooming him to be the next great Mandalore. Man- uh, Jaster was the Mandalore at this time, which then was m- much less uh, political power. So like like how you view Satine and some of the the lore in uh rebels and clone wars Mm -hmm. it's not a political rank it's a tribal one more so it's it's one built on honor in that you've proven yourself to be the one to be trusted with the leadership of the people Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people got passed around the title of mandalore in in legends so that that's its own yeah very long history i remember some of this because like this isn't uh, surprise, surprise, this is not the first conversation we've had about the fence. No. <laughs> it's the first of many we've had on microphone. Yeah. But, like, I remember a long, long time ago when we first started dating, when you sat me down and started dumping your Star Wars knowledge on me. Yes, before with consent. Really with consent. With consent, of course. I did ask a lot of questions. Yeah, well, I mean, you were, um, you know, you were more casual with Star yeah. Wars in fun movie stuff before you found things you liked that kind of drove you into wanting to know more and, Mm -hmm. and, and consume more. Um, and so, you know, you were very average in, Oh, Boba Fett, that one cool guy. Yeah. You know, I knew versus, you know, and, and it's just one of those things. Anytime I have the opportunity to say he's more than just a cool guy because now, if you like him just because he's cool, perfectly fine. fine. I did. Um, eventually, though, there's a lot of character development that he gets through these legend stories that's very significant. So I like for people to have the choice of how they view a character. Um, because there is so much Star Wars, so much can get just drowned out and lost. And, and so many of these stories are old. Um, so it's one of those things of, are they going to even get the chance to see these or hear about these? And that's why we talk about it here is because it's this idea of you might not know, but these things exist and these things are of interest. If you're at all lukewarm or even negative about these characters, these are things that might completely set you over the edge and make these your favorite characters. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't necessarily think I'm going to change anybody's opinion in terms of Boba Fett being their favorite character or anything, but if I can at least get convince you, Okay, maybe he's not just cool. Maybe yeah. he actually is a character. Listen to John and Daniel Logan. <laughs> exactly. So Jaster recruits, trains, and uh, essentially makes Django like his son. Um, but all this time, they're still going on uh, in war in terms of uh, fighting against the Death Watch. And at one point, one Mandalorian protector or one true Mandalorian um, 
named Montross betrays Jaster because he feels like he is more true to leadership than Django was, and Jaster put Django in charge. And so Montross basically got the first chance to nope out of there, and he did. And because he did, Jaster ended up getting gunned down in a battle with the Death Watch. It was bad. Uh, and so Django becomes Mandalore. Um, and so he becomes a leader of the people in that moment. And that's really where significant story development starts to happen for him. Um, a few things end up going on. In fact, uh, the m- most significant thing being that he faces down a group of, I want to say, eight Jedi, mm-hmm. one of which being Dooku, um, the only one who ended up surviving, obviously, because he goes on to be in films. Uh, but Django murdered uh, the other Jedi on his own because it was meant to be this trap of uh, Montrose had uh, teased Django with an option of getting revenge. So he goes there, but then he also called the Jedi and said, oh no, the uh, bad Mandos are coming and basically wanted the Jedi and the uh, the Mandalorians being Django that were in his way to eliminate each other. And it turned out that that didn't quite work out in in fact, a seed was planted in Dooku's mind, but by seeing this happen of like, oh, snap, this guy's legit. So, you know, here and there happens that eventually leads Django to being able to get his revenge. But Dooku had not forgotten him. Um, and so what's really interesting is this this uh, bit of the story in the comics is uh, kind of done in flashback as Dooku's recruiting Django. We get a different look at that, though, in the other second significant story of Django's backstory, which is the video game Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Okay, so that's what that one was. Yeah, so these are two stories that are technically not connected, but do overlap a little bit. Mm -hmm. The story of the Bounty Hunter game uh, essentially is you are Django and you get to be cool. And it was one of the first really good, you're not a Jedi, you're not doing Jedi, like you're not doing Force things, like... You are just a cool character running amok in the galaxy, um, but you uh, run into some competition when you're given this big job from some mysterious guy. Um, and so the idea being it's you versus all these other bounty hunters. Whoever gets it first gets the biggest deal ever, like enough to retire on. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of the woodworks for this deal, of course, comes Montross, the guy that uh, left Django's mentor and father to die. Um, who had turned bounty hunter just like Django did to survive. Um, so it becomes this personal vendetta as well um, in order to accomplish this mission. This mission being to kill a fallen Jedi uh, who was a former apprentice of Dooku. Yeah. See, he had been already working for the Sith and doing separatist things, and he had an apprentice that was with him for a while, but she ended up wanting to do her own stuff. Mm-hmm. and ended up leaving which is supposedly where ventress's lightsabers came from uh, not even supposedly exactly okay um Kamari, i wasn't sure if that was still canon uh well eh, no they don't say where they come from but we can believe that yeah. uh Kamari vosa so basically dooku was worried if she gets out and talks all kinds of plans are gonna yeah. be you know mucked up and you don't want to have loose ends right and but she's a powerful jedi turned almost sith not just anybody can take them. And we're also trying to build this army for the Grand Republic and need a clone template. So two birds, one stone. Mm-hmm. Get somebody that can kill this Jedi. And if they can, 
we offer them the deal to be the new clone template. So this is the competition that goes on between Montross and Django. Of course, Django being ultimately the one able to uh, kill Komari. Because he's um, Django freaking He also, fat. yeah, he had reven- gets revenge for his mentor father in killing Montross. He meets Zam for the first time. And it's really sucky because they're like really good friends in this game. So when he kills her in episode two, it makes it actually harder to watch. Yeah. Um, like they weren't just working partners. Like they weren't more than like, like romantic, but they were, they were good friends. Like they respected each other and, and everything. Which makes me think, do you think that when episode two, a certain point of view comes out, because apparently It'd they're doing nice. all of them, we could get a story like that. It would be nice. Um, you know, I, I, it just goes to show, I mean, having just completed a mission of we've got to protect all assets. Yeah. Um, Django would be also in that same frame of mind in episode two of we've got to protect all assets. Keep in mind, by the time of episode two, he had an even greater asset than anything. He was looking out for his son. Yeah. Because if word got out about things and he got in trouble, that meant his son got in trouble. And regardless of Legends versus Canon, one thing you don't mess with is Django's son. He cared about his son. Mm-hmm. Um, Just and like so, you care about your son. Yes. Also named Boba. Exactly. So essentially that builds to the point where you know obviously Django takes the deal he uh requires them he gets the money he gets the gig and um he also gets his untampered clone to be able to leave his legacy to um and knowing his tragic backstory of losing both families essentially that he had managed to get you know the significance of wanting a son was kind of answered in that. And I think that was kind of the point is let, let's not just explain how he became a clone uh, template, but why the heck would he want his own son? Like it's Tamara Morrison. He can get, he can get him a kid if he want. <laughs> like, come on. He could call Ala Secura. Right. Like, like he can work something out. Um, Although would you want a half Ala Secura child? Uh, well, I mean, one of his clones did it. So Gross. not Ala Secura, but like with a Twi'lek. Well, yeah, yeah, from that deserter episode. Yeah, that was so neat. we do see it happen. That was a neat episode. Um, but it also pays to when with the Mandalorian lore established, he would want a more pure trans. Like he would want, I I want someone that I can completely give myself to. Like he can yeah. be the second coming of me. Like he can be someone who can leave. Because I mean, kind of selfishly though, but it's one of these things. Like, hey, if I'm this great think how much greater my son's going to be if he has his father with him the entire time. I lost my mentor father, but I can lead my son to be the next great. I just had like a very heart heartwarming image in my brain of Django holding a baby Boba and just being a dad. And it just made my heart hurt for a minute. Oh yeah. He loved his kid and was very (sighs) proud. And there's many stories uh, in legends and there's a couple in Canon that established that, but, there was never in question um there's actually one cool one where a young boba goes with uh his dad on a mission and um it's the start of the story um seems to suggest that Django used boba as bait to get the bounty and the bounty kidnaps boba and all this other stuff but essentially um it's revealed at the end that that was the plan all along was to pull out the bounty by kidnapping the kid because uh, it seemed like an easy gig and that would be a hostage never mind the fact that he never expected the kid to be the one to kill him yeah so you know boba gets his tag and also um proved that he knew all along and trusted his dad unequivocally 
like he he at no point was in an abraham isaac situation where it's just like <laughs> dad where's the sheep like no it's like <laughs> dad he's the sheep oh no i'm the sheep um so you know it's it's really it's really cool um what's different though is in canon we don't see it much um that Django trained any clones but in legends it was uh, very much that Django trained particular clones. In fact, the ARC troopers were handpicked and trained by Django himself, the first batch, of course. Yeah. Um, so there's this interesting dynamic that would have been present there for actual Boba to see his dad training all these other hymns mm-hmm. uh, and everything. Like there would, it, it's some interesting psychological stuff going on um, that it's not quite there with what we have in canon. Uh, may, I mean, that's kind of okay, but it's just, it's interesting things that would have shaped how Boba grew up. Yeah, like we we see a couple glimpses of Boba's relationship with the clones through one oh, yeah. episode. And that was heartbreaking. Well, and yeah. I, I just, ugh, I don't want to think the, about it In those much. moments, there's this added trauma of his dad being dead now. Yeah. So he can't even properly grieve without seeing his dad and everything. It's tough. Um you know, so it, it, it's really interesting to understand or try to step into what Boba's story was. Mm-hmm. Um, now, keep in mind, not all of his stories were this way. Obviously, at one point, there was no such thing as clones and Django Fett and all this other stuff. Yeah, the Clone Wars was just a throwaway line at one yeah, point. Yeah, like there's there's other interesting things that eventually, basically, they explained away by being legends. Basically, they were like, yeah, maybe that was how Boba Fett came to be Boba Fett. Or maybe maybe Boba Fett's not even his real name. Like, all these things, like, Legends basically covered it up in terms of all these other authors' conflicting stories. Basically, well, one of them might be true, none of them might be true. It, you know, it's mm-hmm. the mystery of Boba Fett. The only yeah. thing that really established any real thing was when Episode 2 came out and gave him a story and everything. I think the smartest thing that star wars did when it came to those old stories was calling them legends right because like you could think of them as two aliens sitting at the most Eisley cantina swapping stories sure like that's how i like to think about Mm -hmm. the old stories yeah and so and it's also good because certain tales get very high like they're just very oh boy that's a yarn (laughs) did you hear yeah did you hear about the droid that downloaded (laughs) their consciousness to the death star right is that did that happen there's nothing that says it didn't but it also just could be some rumor of Dude. like there there's so many <laughs> things you can explain away just because of the idea maybe it did maybe it didn't yeah and so but when you really get into uh boba fett's story um you start to see some of those very interesting as far as legend stories though boba fett's are, is not the weirdest which is no thankful but um yeah so uh star wars bounty hunter and star wars open seasons highly recommend you check those out if you want to know more about Django fett again not much of that has been ruled out by canon so if anything you can enjoy those and consider them true yeah uh they're also the least recommended um viewing reading watching uh, of this whole list because (laughs) it's literally two stories versus boba's which is uh, several. <laughs> several. And also, like, if you want some primo 2000s graphics, play the Bounty Hunter game. Oh, yeah. it. Um, you can get it, like, on the PlayStation Market. It's really cheap, and you can play it on uh, PlayStation 4 yeah. and, um, or 3, whichever. But, yeah, you can still get that game. And uh, it's very difficult, and it's a pain in the butt. 
but it's very fun. Yeah. You just got to be willing to go through it. Like most PS2 games. You got to earn your right to be a Mandalorian. There you and go. and the game is is the 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 the, the challenge. So moving on to Boba Fett's story, you've got to strap in and take hold of your Bantha because it's a wild ride. Where's um, my Bantha? Just check your jetpacks at the door and, you know, just sit her down. How about don't... Okay, here's a PSA. Here's the disclaimer song. Don't do it. Don't buy a jetpack. Don't play with a jetpack. Do not... <laughs> you may be well, entranced by the jetpack. If if he didn't have his jetpack, at He'd least be one time, he wouldn't have gotten out of the Sarlacc, though. The same... Jetpack that got him in his situation also got him out of his situation. That's not canon. So, uh, well, it could be, could be. It's not They've never. They. I, I haven't seen a gravestone for the boy, so he's not dead <laughs> yet. Um. No. So yes. Now we start the wild ride of Boba Fett's story, and there's a lot to cover, and I want to make sure to try and hit the big points of his career. I'm not going to cover everything just because there is so much. Again, there was people clamoring all over. And never mind the people that told just Boba Fett stories, but then you've also got people that are telling other stories that also just involve Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. So he was very prevalent in a lot of Marvel Star Wars comics back in the day, lots of Legends books. He was a piece that you had in almost every Star Wars puzzle. He was in the holiday special. Yeah. That um, was his introduction. Yep. And, And that's part of the story even like where when you you know that where did that happen when did it happen on the timeline somewhere but it's all there so there's so much so the the benefit of that is even with what we talk about there's still more for you to go and discover for yourself and highly recommend you do uh but uh there's a lot i want to cover to really flesh out who boba fett was as far as a legend's perspective um some spoilers here and there but all of these stories are still going to be very worthwhile reading or checking out even if uh you get some of the details in there if anything it might encourage you to go check these stories out when you realize some of the things that's going to go down in some of them yeah um so uh essentially the whole clone Wars storyline is just the same at that point it kind of that's when legends boba becomes just kind of casual neutral boba and all those stories are the same although somewhere in there he gets his dad's armor somehow um also in there somewhere he gets jester mariel's armor somehow and that's supposed to that's <laughs> supposed to explain why his armor went you know from silver and blue to the green okay that's kind of okay that's kind of and and that would explain why the family crest of, of jester mariel's on there and everything it's because it's his armor um it's fine we start to see this trend of boba trying to live up to his heritage essentially even going so far as to uh join uh the mandalorian protectors on concord dawn and even going by the alias of jaster mariel um fun fact he was intended to be jaster mariel boba fett was originally an alias in one story and his real name was jaster and he had this whole uh crazy background including Mm -hmm. joining the empire and defecting at one point and all this other stuff but again, Legends proactively was just like, ah, that's one of the tales. Yeah. So him wearing his grandfather's armor, him going by the name, that's meant to explain why people would think that about him. He And he let people think that about him. He let the Legends build and grow over time because he wanted to be the guy of myth, mm-hmm. um, not for pride's sake, but he just always wanted people guessing. He didn't want anybody to know him. Which is smart. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, but, uh, during his time, uh, being a part of Mandalorian culture though, 
because uh, at this point, Mandalorians were not completely eradicated from the galaxy and were just trying to make their living and everything. Um, he meets a Kif-R bounty hunter. Um, by the way, Kif-Rs are the species of Quinlan Vos. Okay, uh, thank you. One in 100 are psychometric, and um, but not uh, his wife, whose name is Sintas. So this is about 16 years before episode four. He meets and marries a woman. He was... Uh, somewhere in here. He was 18. No, he was 16. She was 18. Um, and they ended up having a kid together. Um, but his Mandalorian career, as well as his marriage, would end in tragedy when a uh, Mandalorian that just had it out for him for no reason, other than just because people liked him more. It's kind of a Saul and David situation. Um, basically, um, assaulted his wife to such a point that she had PTSD from the assault um a sexual assault mm -hmm. and so she just like pushed boba away meanwhile uh because he killed the guy that did that um he was locked up in prison for it um which goes like even criminals like don't do it like they don't deserve it like it does no one any good it mm -hmm. honors no one for you to become a bad guy to hurt the bad guy that hurt you uh i know this is just star wars stuff but like there's all kinds of things going on in the world where people think it's okay because they did bad stuff. I like they deserve this and they should be like, keep your humanity intact, please. Please. I'm not saying forgive them necessarily. I'm not saying it's got to be okay and you should ignore, but I am saying like, don't degrade yeah. your morals because other people have no morals. Yeah. It's very easy to say, you know, don't sink to their level, but it is the best thing is when you, retain your humanity right um because i mean in this scenario yes a lot was taken away from boba but a lot could have been saved if he had just let certain things go but nonetheless he lost his mandalorian uh career and and standing uh he lost the woman he loved along with the kid that they had just had um and it ended up going so far as um his wife hating him and teaching her daughter to hate him Mm -hmm. so that he'd never be able to see and reconcile with his family ever again. And so here we start the tragic backstory of Boba Fett. Uh, and so this sets him off just on this very lonely man's Clint Eastwood storyline of just like, I tried being a good guy and it didn't work. And so he goes on to just kind of make a career for himself. Um, and this leads him to teaming up with Jabba the Hutt, uh, even Moff Tarkin, and of course, Darth Vader. Uh, clearly Darth Vader and Boba Fett knew each other before episode five, hence the warning, no disintegrations and everything. Yeah. Did you know though, <laughs> that they were not best buddies at all? They might've had a mutual respect for each other, but it was only because they both knew they couldn't kill each other because they've tried honestly, on two occasions. Honestly, that's a lot of my relationships professionally. So I get it. <laughs> like I can't kill you. So I'm going to respect you. Mm -hmm. but I don't like you. <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah, on at least two occasions. On one occasion, it was a lightsaber duel where uh, Boba Fett actually held his own against Darth Vader on uh, Mos Espa, uh, which uh, based, was basically the foundings for Boba Fett was sent on a bounty, uh, and Darth Vader was like, bounty hunters are scum. They don't, they, you can't trust them to do it, so I'm going to go do it. And then he fights Boba Fett, and he's like, bounty hunters are scum, but you're pretty cool. <laughs> so you know what? Go on about your business. Um, so overall, sort of peaceful, but essentially it, you know, started this sort of animosity. Yeah. And later on, when um, 
Boba Fett got involved on a bounty that was personally important to Vader, not like Padme personally important, but just like he wanted a thing done and Boba Fett got involved. That meant that that thing wasn't happening the way he wanted. So Darth Vader was just like, all right, dude, come on. Like, I don't want to have to get in a stalemate, which eventually is what happens. They get into this fight on this lava planet and it's just like super, super duper epic. This is in like Star Wars Tales mm-hmm. uh, comic series. So you can see it all play out and it's really cool. But yeah. dark, uh, dark, the Dark Lord of the Sith acquiring respect for a bounty hunter is pretty significant. And it just goes to show that if you're having trouble with a coworker, you must best them in hand-in-hand combat. <laughs> exactly. And so That's it was just one of those things. Like, But again, a huge part of Mandalorian lore, which slowly has started returning uh, in canon, these dudes fought and lived and were bred for battle, especially during times of war with Jedi and Force users specifically. So Boba Fett being able to hold his own is not entirely unfounded, Mm -hmm. um, but Darth Vader coming to this respect of just like, you know what? Like, personally, you didn't completely offend me, so I guess I can let you live, but I also need to keep an eye on you because I should be able to best you. Like, like, (laughs) if, if this dude can resist mind control, which he could, that was a thing, this is where it did start to get into some, okay, what can't he do territory? Yeah. But, like, it was in small enough doses that I think it was just enough okay. And considering, again, Mandalorians trained to kill Jedi, uh, Jedi used the Force, Sith used the Force. And not only that, but he can he specifically went all, like, Sarah Hamilton in Terminator 2 training style for killing Jedi after they killed his dad. So... You it, just mixed up Sarah Connor and Linda Hamilton's name. People knew what I meant. <laughs> I knew uh, what you th- meant. They're the same person. They're both just BA and awesome, and we all strive to be as awesome as they are. So, right? um, yeah, they killed his dad. So, of course, he's working like, no, I need to be ready to take down these Jedi. I need to train. I need to be able to resist. Uh, and it's not like he completely, like, basically, he just fought back against the mind control. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean he could just completely outright resist it, but basically, it meant. Darth Vader was stunned trying to use the Force, and Boba Fett was stunned trying to resist the Force, so it was a stalemate. So Darth Vader basically was just like, okay, well, I can't do that then. I guess I'm just going to chop your head off. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, Boba got a shot off on him, uh, like headshot on him. Thank goodness for that armor. Um, So it's just this epic battle where in the end, these two guys are just like, that guy's pretty bad news. I'm not going to mess with him, but I'm not going to let him just go. I need to keep an eye on him. Yeah. Um, but also around this time, around 12 years before, uh, episode four is when Boba Fett first encountered the Corellian smuggler Han Solo. Yes. And discovered, Hey, this guy's pretty bad at smuggling. Now here's the thing. So, uh, there's a couple of different ways this sort of plays out, but essentially both can kind of exist alongside each other. Um, in one event, Han Solo and Lando Calrissian basically just straight up humiliated the crap out of Boba Fett on a hunt. Uh, he was sent for Han Solo, and they not only got away, but just got away in a way that just... Dude just finished beating up Darth Vader. He should have been able to handle this. Um, and so that sort of started this whole, I have got to kill this guy that just keeps outdoing me because he has no business outdoing me because he's so bad at everything. Um, but then one scenario also has it playing out where Boba Fett is just like super self-righteous anti-drugs. Really? Yeah. Like there's a significant part. Like, like he literally has the line in one story where he's like, 
Uh, a man that's willing to spy, run spice will run anything. Spice degrades your life and leads to worse things. Like he's like slippery slope, dude. You start smoking a cigarette, then you're on to pot, then you're on heroin, and then you're in the gutters. And then like, what are you doing with your life? So he was a Reagan supporter. Bruh, he was like hardcore. Uh, but this all comes from things like yeah. Mandalorian culture of, you know, just respecting your body and yeah. and, and honing your body. Winners you're, don't do drugs. Yeah. Like just, it was a very honorable thing. Like, Basically, their goal, it seemed in a lot of writing, was to make Boba Fett honorably bad. Like, like he's, yeah. he's definitely against the good guys, but he has a reason. It's because Han ran Spice. Like, he was pulling a Tim Allen, and Boba Fett was, like, not on my watch. And it was just, that's a reference, like, half of no one is going to get it. I'll tell you who's going to get it. Real Farm Boy is going to get there it. There you go. So Camera is going to get I it. I appreciate it for the fact of trying to give him a very unheard of background. Like the only anti-drug person so far has been Obi-Wan. And that's literally just because he was in public probably. Because uh, <laughs> you know he was on some kind of drugs to be put up with Anakin. You so. know that Qui-Gon was doing something. <laughs> he was smoking that shit. Because he had to put up with Obi-Wan. Everybody has to put up with somebody. So you always need something. He... I have coffee. You have Boba. Boba. So there you go. Everybody needs something to get by. You need to toke up on a jazz cigarette. Uh, And Boba Fett had his morals. That was what he had. So there's take it or leave it, whichever one you want, whether he's anti-drug Boba or whether he's just, you better not embarrass embarrass me in front of the galaxy Boba. Mm -hmm. Either way, he hates this dude. He hates uh, Han Solo. Uh, And again, guy that fought Darth Vader, there's no good reason why Han Solo kept escaping. There is none. Okay. Oh, but there is an explanation at one point, though, uh, for why Boba Fett found uh, Han in episode five. In one story, one of the ways he escapes from... So when um, the Empire and Boba Fett sort of get in an entanglement because they're both after uh, Han Solo because he was an Imperial defector, uh, but he was also a spice runner and also owed Jabba money. So both of them had different reasons for wanting him. Um, So he basically pits them against each other and in order to escape, latches the Falcon onto the back of the Star Destroyer. And when they can't find him, they leave and then they dump their junk before hyperspacing out of there. And that's how he escapes. So uh, somewhere in there, Boba Fett figures out how he was able to escape. So come episode five, he's just like, I've heard this story before. And so he just waits out and he just knows like it's, it was a really cool way to make it make sense and also have this just very interesting history. There's a lot with Star Wars that make it connects very wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Most of the time having to do with Han Solo. Like, you know that Leia's trick with the thermal detonator was just from the from story. Hansel. Exactly. Yeah. There's little things like that where it's like, no, you didn't need it, but it's just, yeah. it adds something. It's nice. <laughs> and you know when she was telling the story back to him, he was like, you, it was a real it thermal, was a real thermal like, detonator. I used a rock. Like, Gosh, you've got balls. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and then they got married, you know? <laughs> yeah. Get you a woman that's willing to use a thermal detonator. <laughs> I mean, um, I proposed. It's time for Prince Shizor. <laughs> Sorry, that was meant to be my transition. Prince Shizor. Um, so this is after uh, the Battle of Yavin, about seven to ten years. So this is post uh, Return of the Jedi. Yes. Uh, this is after Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc. And then was promptly put back in by murderous Jawas. And then he escaped the Sarlacc and then was put back in. And then he escaped the Sarlacc and was nursed to, uh, back to health by his buddy Dingar. Oh, 
yeah. So they became bosom buddies and went on some adventures. Uh, but these guys ran into some trouble with Prince Shija, uh, or Caesar or Zizar. Like, there's so many ways to announce it. But it's the green dude from Mustafar. That sounds like Kevin Michael Richardson. He was the only one that didn't get his head cut off by Darth Maul and that one you. thing with the you. Shadow Collective. I got you. Yeah. I'm there. Um, I'm with you. <laughs> so this is Shadows of the Empire Territory. This is after um, episode six where things just got zany. And this is the t- uh, time when the Bounty Hunter Wars took place. So basically, this becomes like uh, the world's greatest game kind of storyline where basically Prince Shizar comes to the Empire and is just like, hey, you don't like Bounty Hunters? I don't like Bounty Hunters. But you know what? We don't like fighting the Rebellion. So what if we got the Bounty Hunters to fight the Rebellion? But what if we only got the strongest Bounty Hunters? So what if we got the two Bounty Hunters that we don't like, and that's on this side and that side, to fight each other, east side, west side style? But then only the bestest of the bestest, we offer a deal of a lifetime to get all of their just bad stuff written away if they fight the Rebellion for us. But only after they've proved themselves against the other guy. Convoluted? Yes. Great storytelling? Yes. <laughs> it's You're so hard. ridiculous. It's so freaking ridiculous. It's a three-book series about the Bounty Hunter Wars, um, and it's literally just Boba Fett just being dope. Like, it's literally just story after story, and it literally ends only after they're like, crap, he survived this, the war, so what are we supposed to do with him? Because he's not happy about being used by the Empire, which he figures out at some point. Oh, let's have... Prince Caesar give him a bunch of money and write it off, and then let's put it we're back good. in the Sarlacc. He's been in there. A couple <laughs> like it, it basically resolves itself in a way where it's just like, haha, you don't have to kill me because I'm necessary for another story. Uh, but you're also free, and also bounty hunters are still legal. Like it, w- when you get to the end, you're like, so wait, what was the point? The point was to have an awesome Boba Fett story. <laughs> that was it. Uh, but it was really awesome. It, but yeah, no, the, the plot's that convoluted where basically it's just this whole thing of pit the, the, the uh, bounty hunters against each other. So it's bo- bounty hunter civil war and then take the bestest of the bestest and then throw them at the rebellion because we're weak and just running out of Imperials at this point. Which happens. It doesn't work that way, of course. Of course not. <laughs> it's one of those things where I feel like it changed so much as it was all getting written and it got just to a point where they were just like, look, we got to resolve this because Timothy Zahn's coming in and he's got a much better story for this. So <laughs> let's just move on. How many th- How many times do you think that's happened in Star Wars? <laughs> right, let's just, just like, make oh, way man, for Timothy Zahn, please. Timothy Zahn's coming in again. So uh, that's one of the most immediate stories after Return of the Jedi. And one of the last very Boba Fett just being cool bounty hunter guy, uh, very tra- almost, I'd say, traditional. This is when Boba Fett just completely... Uh, deviates from uh, regular storytelling and becomes a, just a whole different character. He's yeah. no longer Boba Fett, the bounty hunter. He becomes Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, essentially. Because everything after this point involves him and his heritage. Um, he gets this uh, one deal because he's trying to uh, hunt down a cure for um, this cancer that he's developed because of the Sarlacc. Um, also, he's dying because he's a clone. Uh, it's just real bad times for him. <laughs> it, like, this is Boba's bad week. Right. Honestly. And so uh, it leads him to taking uh, on a couple of jobs to lead him to the right direction. Um, essentially, what happens along the way, though, is uh, he gets another job 
that brings him face to face with the Mandalorians he had not been entangled with since uh, getting kicked out after his wife's rapist was killed. And so uh, the Kaminoans hire him to take out a Mandalorian named Finshaw, the current Mandalore. Um, and then we don't know what happens. Fade to black, fade back in, and Boba Fett's Mandalore. Yay! Literally, like that. That's not a joke. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not skipping details. Like we don't. We don't know what happened. Finshaw's dead, and Boba Fett's Mandalore. I think we can assume something (laughs) cool happened. It's probably. uh, It's like the whole Cad Bane versus Boba Fett thing. We never saw it, but you know what happened. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so he replaces uh, Shaw as Mandalore, which is awesome. And this is now 23 years after episode four, by the way. So Boba Fett is now in his mid-40s, almost 50s. Um, And then he ends up reconnecting with his daughter when he finds out that his daughter's impersonating him to defame his character. So basically, she's just running around parading like Boba Fett, kind of like um, Jack Sparrow's old flame in On Stranger Tides, where it's like, Jack Sparrow's putting together a crew. What? I'm Jack Sparrow. And basically, it's the same plot line eventually figuring out, oh, hey, you're doing this thing because you knew I'd find you. And now we found each other. And now, adventure! Um, So it's this whole thing. But essentially, it puts them on track of, hey, you're dying. And there's a guy who we know has a cure for that. Also, uh, our daughter might still be alive. So let's go figure that out. Mm -hmm. Or uh, not... um, daughter uh are my granddaughter it's confusing like there's three generations like it's the wife daughter and granddaughter okay yeah like all of them get in a bunch of just crazy entanglement uh but so he teams up with his daughter to figure out what happened to his wife i believe while also trying to find a cure for what is ailing him, which is everything, basically. Uh, it's it's very much like Old Man Logan story at this point, yeah. where it's just very like, oh, crap, I was the best of the best, and now everything that made me the best of the best is killing me! I punch and it hurts. Right. Um, so, in the middle of this, though, of course, Yuzon Vong War, of which Boba Fett does get involved, does help out, and... We covered that. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> because the whole point is, the Yuzon Vong show up, how do we deal with them? Let's waste 12 books to tell how that story happens and then just have the Rebellion Empire and Mandalorians team up and do it anyway. Oh, why didn't we think of that 10 books ago? That's basically the Yuuzhan Vong war involvement. It, they're involved because the Mandalorians are involved. So now we get to Boba Fett in his 70s. His uh, relationship with his daughter has been restored, which is nice. Um, but he is still plagued by the fact that he is on the verge of death, but just for being who he is, he's a clone. And so, uh, but there's here tell legend of someone who was at the battle of Geonosis, wears Mandalorian armor and is still alive. So they were kind of like, okay, maybe it's another, because by the way, uh, there was actually at least two occasions where a clone trooper basically tried going off the guises of like Django and Boba Fett. Like they basically just left and pulled a Boba Fett, Django Fett and all this other mess. So basically they're just like, Oh, maybe it's another clone. Yeah. Well, if he's still alive and well, maybe he knows the secret and we can steal it from him. Surprise. It was Rex. Uh, no, <laughs> um, no, all the clones had ridiculous name in, in, in legends. So, uh, but it's coaxium Stan. And then on top of this. Okay. So, um, so, Wait, hang on. 
Are you not going to acknowledge my fantastic clone name? <laughs> what? Coaxium Stan. Coaxium Stan. No, he's that's a cool rap clone. name, though. Um, I rap the fastest. So now he's on the he's on a mission to find his daughter, reconnect with her, and also solve his death salute death problem. You know, but the fact that everybody dies. Um, everybody poops. Everybody dies. Instead of finding his daughter, though, he reconnects with his granddaughter. Um, and they're all cool. And his granddaughter is just full on Mandalorian, which is really dope. He's very proud of that. Um, but essentially, uh, she's the one that helps point him in the direction of, uh, the one who might have the cure. Again, they don't entirely know what's going on, but essentially, uh, it's, it's a lead. So if you're following at one point, he becomes Mandalore. Hears about his daughter still being out there. Yeah. Kind of tries to reconnect with her, but it doesn't quite work out. Fast forward the Yuuzhan Vong War, and he hears tell again of his daughter. But instead of finding his daughter, he finds his granddaughter. And yeah. his granddaughter's like, hey, let's try this. And that's the adventure we're on at this point. And this, meanwhile, is Boba Fett in his 70s. Yeah. If you hear weird noises, it's because Boba keeps hearing his name. And he's just like, what are you talking about? See, not only did you not expect Boba to be a family man, you also did not expect to see his family on Jerry Springer, which is basically <laughs> all of what happens. He am a father. So at some point, so we know that not long after they got married, they had the kid. Um, so he he married Sintas. They had a kid named Aelin. And then somewhere in there, she met a Mandalorian guy who was nice and cool. And they had a kid. Yes. Um He's now working with his daughter. No, no. He is now working with his granddaughter, whose name is Murda. Mur- <laughs> Her name is Murda? Yes. Her name is Murda. Murda Gev. Um, That's funny. So he teams up with Murda on this mission to get this anti dye juice. Uh, is basically what's going on. It's actually just orange juice with pulp. Somewhere out there, his wife is still there, still hates him. Mm-hmm. Somewhere out there, his daughter had impersonated him, and he kind of put an end to that, but she's still not too happy with him. And meanwhile, he's hanging out with Murda. <laughs> <laughs> he's known Murda. Oh, Murda. Um, and so they're working together to uh, figure all of this out when they find out that meanwhile, so while all the Fett family drama is going on, and I don't know if this was meant to parallel, but also all the solo family drama is going on. Of course it was. The, the, it intersects when, for some reason, Jason Solo uh, captures Aelin, his daughter, uh, and tortures and kills her, basically. Cool. And this basically becomes the moment where Boba Fett, who had long been like, hey, Han, let it go. You know what? I've got I've got priorities now. You've got kids now. Let's let it go. They went their separate ways, and Jason Dunn brought him back in, uh, and he hates the solos again. I mean, can you blame him? Right. So, uh, so Boba and his granddaughter uh, recover uh, her remains and Jango's off of Geonosis, um, and have them buried next to each other on Mandalore, starting the Fett family um, grave. It's kind of nice, I guess. You just pop them in one after the other. Yeah, it's an honorable thing. So, stacked um, like, uh, egos in a pouch. 
So they restart their journey for the guy in Mandalorian armor who might know something about the clone stuff. Turns out he does. Turns out he did find a cure. Turns out he destroyed it. But turns out he plans to transfer his bone marrow to Boba to moot the point. Finger waggles of mystery. Yeah, like it was this whole thing of like, hey, we're here for the virus. Or we're here for the antidote. And it's like, (laughs) I don't have it. I destroyed it. But I did drink it. Okay, can you make it? No, but have my bone marrow. Uh, Okay, cool. And then we're good. So now he's not dying anymore. Because they had to resolve that one. I feel like at any point in this story, I would understand completely if you gently remove your headphones and set them on the table, walk away and come back. Dude, this is this is the era of New Jedi Order and just all this other craziness. So this is all happening around probably my least favorite period. Um, although there's elements of it that are interesting. That being, and we're getting into this point, um, at some point Boba Fett found, finds out that uh, Mara Jade, who was Luke's wife, uh, was killed at Jason's hands. Uh, and he actually sends a gift, for some reason not to Luke, but instead to Han, um dude your brother-in-law's wife died (laughs) crazy uh yeah and just a bunch of uh he sends beskar armor and all this other stuff and and basically under the guise of for when you need justice like he's like when you need to kill your kid here's this uh that's fair (laughs) and you know what he does nothing but his daughter's like dad i'm gonna go kill my brother (laughs) (laughs) so his his, uh jana jason and jana are twins by the way and yes. so this whole time when Jason started falling to the dark and became da- Darth Ca- uh, Cadius, uh, John has always been the one like, I can stop him. I need to stop him. And it's getting nowhere. So now she's just like, no, nah, bro, I'm going to kill him. And if you're not going to help me do it, I'm going to go to this guy because he sends people knives in the mail. Surely he knows how to kill people. Uh, no, like you think I'm exaggerating. I'm simplifying, okay. but I'm not exaggerating. This sen- <laughs> this reminds me so much of a story about my brother Justin. <laughs> to where? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> my brother Justin is a special guy. He is probably one of the most intense people I know, but also one of the funniest. Mm-hmm. He once wrote a love letter to a girl at, that he knew at camp, mm-hmm. and then stabbed it into her door with a Bowie <laughs> knife. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically what he did, except uh, sorry, your bro's wife died, um, and then and then just imagine that the another unrelated person who you did not send the gift to took the knife and was like, "Ooh, uh, Mine. right, like it's crazy." Um, so she goes and she starts getting trained by Boba Fett in the ways to be able to take down her brother, um, and this is when Fett starts to get into this whole high horse of just like uh, yeah he needs to be taken down because sith and jedi are all alike and it's all going to end bad but you shouldn't kill him because he needs to suffer for it and all this other stuff like he's got some views he's got some interesting views he's got um, some old man views uh but like i do agree and appreciate that he was trying to prepare jonah for the whole thing of just like it's not going to go exactly how you think it's not going to be as easy as you think like just because you know how to fight your brother doesn't mean that you're really going to be able to put an end to things but nonetheless, he does try and help her uh, quite a bit, all while still working with his uh, granddaughter and the Mandalorians to help take down uh, Darth Cadius or Jason Solo. 
because again, because Jason had his daughter killed and, and his granddaughter's mother killed, they're personally involved. But because they're personally involved, they don't entirely trust the Jedi. So there's many occasions where because they don't entirely trust and they all have different reasons for wanting to take down Jason, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. And that prolongs the process. Again, the Fets want to take him down for personal, like you took uh, our our family member from us. Jana wants to stop him just because she doesn't want anyone else to take that responsibility. Luke wants to because he wants justice for his wife. Like there's just so much, which you would think it's like layers in an onion and it's cool, but it's like, it it's, gets muddy. Yeah. Um, what it's is, like biting into an onion. Right, yes. Um, what is interesting though is just where all of it starts to go. And Jason is a vindictive dude. So when he starts having trouble with the Mandalorians, he ends up kidnapping Fett's granddaughter, breaking her back and paralyzing her from the neck down, and then using her blood to create a virus specifically targeted against the Fets that he spreads across Mandalore that if they were to enter would immediately kill them, making it so they can never, ever, ever again go to Mandalore. Why? Well, originally <laughs> the idea would have been, because he thought they were hide, he thought Fett was hiding from him, and best bet is Mandalore. And, I mean, rather than kill everyone, they just go for, uh, I'm just going to go for Boba. But he's not on the planet, so uh, it didn't kill him, but it meant that he could never go back to Mandalore. And this is why. <laughs> yeah. When we speak, when we talk about Legends and we talk about, you know, the sequel trilogy, nothing can be more ridiculous right. than what has already happened honestly and and keep in mind he's still in his 70s at this point doing all of this so it's pretty crazy um but nonetheless um john is eventually able to defeat um jason um and essentially fett finds out that his he thought that murder was just dead uh because jason had just kept her captive for so long uh but he finds out she's alive and he takes on continuing to help her heal because she's paralyzed from the neck down because of her injuries. Um, but also trying to find a solution to the virus on Mandalore that could kill them if they ever decide to go home. Um, and that's the last story in the legends of Boba Fett. Uh, it ends with them not being able to return to Mandalore, but them kind of trying to. Um, so it's interesting. It's definitely a very different ending point than I think anyone who ever starts the journey of Boba Fett's character could imagine. Yeah. You don't imagine this kid who's a clone of a dude uh, that wears cool armor ending up necessarily in these scenarios. Um, but along the way, there are a lot of good stories there. I, I think honestly, before you get post return of the Jedi, is where most of the interesting stuff happens and where it's a little less crazy. But once he really starts to get into Mandalorian culture and all of that stuff, it just starts to get a little bit more wild. Because again, that's also the just weirdest storytelling then because you've got the solo family stuff going on and you've got just a lot happening that's just very convoluted and crazy. Um, But... It's all for you to decide. Um, it's all out there. And again, much of it, especially pre-Return of the Jedi stuff, I highly recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so 
if anything, maybe this pointed you in the direction of Boba Fett's more than you probably thought he was as a character. Yeah. Which most characters are. Um, if you're willing to dig in and, and learn more about them, you might find something that, although you don't necessarily like them, might give you some respect for them. Or, best case scenario, it just altogether makes them your favorite character, maybe. A great many things in Star Wars and in life depend on your point of view. Exactly. I, and I'll go on record saying what made me love Boba Fett was the bounty hunter stories. I like yeah. Empire era bounty hunting Boba. I, I like the idea of this kid who was disgraced at one point reaching the rank of Mandalore like his father and grandfather and all of this other stuff. And I like him turning from just taking jobs to get by to being a respected leader of people. It's the, it's the crazy other stories that go on that I'm just kind of like, okay, could have done without that. Could have done with the, without the use on long. Could have done without Darth Cadius. Yeah. Uh, like these things. But nonetheless, Boba Fett, in my, in my mind, eventually he becomes Mandalore. It's all resolved and he's a great leader. And that's that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm okay if that's the end of the story for him. Um, I've long said I'd love a good old man Boba story. Like oh. very, very much in the vein of Logan and all that other stuff in terms of just training the next generation. One last hurrah kind of story. And, you know, just... Yeah, having a having a good time and mm-hmm. resolving the character appropriately, not just yeah. tossing him in a pit. I think if, you know, we do see Boba in the Mandalorian season two or season three or whatever, I think that would be a proper ending to his story. Would be handing it off. Right. Being like, you're the Mandalorian now. Right. That would be, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be very cool. Yeah. Get to see old man from Morrison just, well, he's not that old. I mean, he, he's near the age he would be in that timeline, which is nice. That's why I keep saying, like, guys, you need to use him. Like, Yeah, please. Um, you know, who knows what season two has? We're excited. But, uh, and that's the thing, is we're leading into talking about The Mandalorian uh, for the month of September. And so wanted to start off with the lore of the sort of Mandalorians. The Mandalore. Um, yeah, the Fets. Um, because without the Fets, there would be no Mandalorian show. There'd be no love for Mandalorians. If it didn't start with a cool guy in armor, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have gotten what we've gotten. And something to remember is that sometimes because bad things happen, good things come out of them, i.e. the Star Wars Holiday Special. If we did not have that, we would not have Boba Fett. I think we would still have Boba Fett, but the best part about that is, it, is definitely Boba definitely Fett. Definitely not Han Solo's bicycle seat face. <laughs> So, um, yeah, definitely check out um, some of these uh, stories um, and, and whatnot. If you go to uh, the Boba Fett fan club page, you can get a timeline of all of these and get names of books and comics specifically and get cool that shirts. tell these stories and, and get cool shirts and all this other stuff. So if you want to discover more about Boba Fett as well as Jango Fett, um, you can definitely check that out. Um, but it's, it's definitely recommended. I mean, especially with The Mandalorian coming out soon. Um, get acquainted with the the guys that started it all, Boba and Jango Fett, and um, they'll always be two of my favorite characters. There's no taking that away, no matter what. Yeah. So, but hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, again, check it out. Um, don't forget to also check out our awesome supporters in uh, Game Infinite, uh, especially with all the kinds of gaming news, including Star Wars related, Star Wars Squadrons, uh, Lego Star Wars, the new Sims download apparently. Um, oh yeah, we're going to talk about that. Game Infinite uh, covers all things gaming, um, and I'm not just talking about live streaming 
and all this other stuff, but cosplay, art, all kinds of stuff. So Game Infinite's a great place to be uh, right now because so many Star Wars games are on the horizon. So, uh, and we appreciate Jesse and um, his support of the show. We also appreciate Red 5 Network, it, which is basically just a home for wayward podcasters who are <laughs> awesome. We, we somehow got in don't know how, but um, there's so many awesome people in Red 5 Network. You can check it out, red5network.com, and check out all of those crazy awesome people. They're much better than us, and they deserve all of your love. Uh, thank you to our patrons who support the craziness for some reason. You're bad with your finances, but we appreciate it because you support us. So thank you, Doug, Rebecca, and Jim. Uh, your support is insanely meaningful, as is everyone else's support for listening to the show, sharing it, rating it. Uh, all of that stuff. We appreciate everything you do, even if it's just listening. Um, and so you can check out links below for all kinds of stuff, including our patron. If you want to go further, uh, if you want to send our cats and dog to college, um, this boy or, needs you know, college. yeah, he needs help. Boba needs something. Uh, otherwise he's going to turn out like the other Boba and go on adventures with his daughter, granddaughter, daughter, well, like just all kinds. Well, well. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of we kind of nipped that about. in the bud, but um, we will be back with some awesome nerdyverse later this week, which we are excited for. Thank you to everybody that's been supporting that new series and all of that goodness. Um, and yeah, just have an awesome week until then. And thank you for listening. I've been your leader, John. I love you. I love you, do daddy. <laughs>